and welcome to Devotions on the Psalms, Israel's Songbook, a podcast by Christ Lutheran Church in Brea, California. Pastor Eric Clausen ends our week today with Psalm 36. Welcome to our Psalm Bible study, our Psalm devotion. Uh, we are now, it's hard to believe, we're already on Psalm 36. Uh, but it's our prayer, you're being blessed by this. Uh, I know I've been, and I think I can say the same for uh, Pastor Pat and Pastor Bill. But welcome again. Um, I know you're going to be blessed by this psalm. It's it's a pretty cool psalm. I'm going to be honest, I didn't know it that well um, until I studied for this week. Um, but I think it's pretty powerful. Um, and it's, well, like so many of these psalms, uh, pretty powerful for today in the world we see around us today. So uh, as we begin, let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word Lord, we pray that you would help us to humble ourselves, to trust in your steadfast love, um, to submit to it, and to trust in your goodness and your grace. Lord, help us to live our lives uh, every day, living and abounding in that grace. We pray this all in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Psalm 36. This is another Psalm of David. Um, and as I read it, I want you to try to pay attention for the transition. There's basically two big parts of this Psalm and then the last bit ties it together. And at first, it doesn't seem like these two parts even go together, um, but the last part brings it together. So let's begin. Psalm 36. To the choir master of David, the servant of the Lord. Transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of his mouth are trouble and deceit. He has ceased to act wisely and do good. He plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O Lord! The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your righteousness to the upright of heart. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers lie fallen. They are thrust down and able to rise. All right, and that's it. It's a little bit of a shorter psalm. Um, but I hope you saw that, that big change that happens. Uh, so this psalm has there's these two big parts. And the first part is 1 through 4. And then the next big part is 5 through 10. Um, and they don't really seem to be connected. Because one part, it, it talks about what evil people, how they live. What does it look like? What are those who reject God's will and God's way? What do they look like? And then it just switches and talks about how great God's steadfast love is. And it doesn't seem like there's a connection until you get to the last part. But first, let's look at each one of these sections and, and dive into it a little bit. First, I love this description that David gives of the wicked of those who have rejected God's word. Um, you see, 
there's no fear of God. Let's go through the different things. First, it's deep in their heart. So this evil, this transgression is deep in their heart. And there's no fear of God. They don't they don't respect God. They're not afraid of his punishments. They don't really listen to his word at all. And the two, I love this, and, and I've said this a lot in sermons before, they flatter themselves in their own eyes so that they can't even see their iniquity. Um, and this is so true that the deeper people get into sin, the less they can see it. Uh, and it starts out a lot of times being intentional, but eventually it becomes unintentional. Um, they put away the bad things that they've done, um, and they just pretend that they've never been there. And before long, they're completely, they believe their own lie, that they're perfect. And a lot of times I say this, that um, the better you get, the worse you realize you are. The worse you get, the better you think you are. And then I always say, what is the classic example? Hitler thought he was perfect. Uh, Mother Teresa knew that she was a sinner. And this is, this is that exact same idea. When someone gets so caught up in themselves, they cannot see their own wrong. And so, of course, they can't repent because they can't even see the problems that they're having. And don't think that this can't happen to us as religious people, as people who trust in God's word, because we have that same temptation to become proud and arrogant. And pretty soon we too think that we can do no wrong and we can't even see our own iniquity and it's even hidden from ourselves. All right, so then he goes on in, in verse 3, talking about words of trouble and deceit, which of course, um, those who do evil, and whenever we do evil, it always leads to problems. Cease to act wisely and do good. Evil is by necessity, or by definition, unwise. It leads to destruction and trouble, always. There's no way around it. And the Bible makes this very clear. What is the consequence of sin? It's death. You can't get around that. You can't outsmart it. And with all our sin, we will face the punishment for it. Now, the eternal punishment, Jesus Christ has saved us from that. But there's still a punishment that is demanded. You can't escape it. So, uh, this last part, um, David talks about that the evil, what do they do? They plot trouble. He plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. So in my study Bible, there's a great quote by Augustine that basically says, um, your bed shows your heart. And that is the things that you lie awake at night thinking about, that, that shows your heart. Now, I don't know how this works with uh, when you lie awake at night thinking of all the dumb things that you've did or all the things that you regret doing or uh, all the problems that you're having. But this that David's talking about, those truly, deeply evil what do they do? They scheme. They think about the ways that they can get their evil done because they're so consumed by their evil. So in this, David is painting a picture that, well, certainly a lot of us probably say, oh, I know somebody like that. Or maybe we even think about someone like Hitler or Stalin and say, oh, yes, I can see that. But it's also a warning to each one of us that that could become us. Um, if we're not careful, we could be people who flatter ourselves in our own eyes, who can't see our own iniquity, who speak trouble and deceit, who lie awake, lie awake at night thinking of new ways to do evil because we've totally lost our fear from God. So this is a warning. Let us never become like that. 
And I think this is a little bit of what the end, what David is saying. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me. I think there's two ways to understand that. There is, don't let those like this, these who do not fear God, don't let them overtake me. But also, don't let their way overtake me. Don't let me become like that. And so then David switches gears and he talks about, well, those who do fear the Lord, those who do trust in him, this is what they get. This is their inheritance. This is their promise. And it's just, it's all beautiful and perfect and wonderful. And so this is verse 5. Your steadfast love of the Lord extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast you save, O Lord. And he goes on to speak about the refuge that we have, the goodness that God provides for us. He's abundant. He lets us drink from the river of life. He gives us light that his steadfast love continues. And remember, we talked about what steadfast love means. It means more than just affection. It means this. I've heard it described as covenantal faithfulness. That is that God has promised this goodness and this amazing perfection. Um, it's all dependent on his goodness, not on ours. And he gives that to us freely. Um, and that's that's incredible. And that's what David's saying. Your steadfast love, O Lord, it's so big, it goes up to the heavens, it extends to everyone. I think it's really interesting, and I'd be a little bit curious as to what other theologians have written on this. I didn't look into it. But he says, man and beast you save, O Lord. So does that mean all dogs go to heaven? Uh, well, I think maybe we can discuss that for another day. But I should say this, God truly does care for all of his creation, and his goodness does extend to all his creation. Does God love all of his creation? Yeah, absolutely. And what was the original job of humanity? It was to take care of this creation that God loves. We're the caretakers. We're God's representatives on earth to take care of his creation. But God's steadfast love extends to all of his creation. He loves it. So does that mean he loves the little dogs? Yep. Does he love cats? No, I'm just kidding. He does love cats. We have a cat too. I love cats too. Sorry. So, and this is... Uh, this goodness, like I said, it's all tied up in this last bit, 11 and 12. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. And I think what David is saying is, Lord, remind me of all your goodness. Remind me of your greatness so that I can rest in that, so that I'm not tempted to follow in the way of evil, and that also those evil ones don't overtake me, protect me from them. Protect me from their way and protect me from well, their violence and their hatred and their schemes. And I think that's what we can be praying to. Lord, help me. Help me resist that temptation because I know I have those temptations. I know that if it wasn't for your grace, I could fall down in that same trap. So Lord, preserve me. Help me resist the temptations to go down that way. And Lord, preserve me against the evil that is in this world because I know your steadfast love is so good. And the last verse 12 talks about, well, what's the fate? The evildoers lie fallen, they are thrust down, unable to rise. And that is the reminder, and we see it all throughout Psalms. What is the thing we need to remember? God wins. God wins. Don't worry. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid that all is lost. It's not. God wins. Goodness wins. We get to receive his steadfast love and faithfulness. And what does that look like? Verse 8. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from the river of your delights. 
With you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. And that, for each one of us who trusts in Jesus Christ, that's the hope that we have. We get to be a part of that feast. We get to drink from that fountain of life, from the river of your delights. Uh, and that's, that's what we have to look forward to. Not because we're great, not because we're special, but because of God's steadfast love. So let's pray that he can preserve us and that he will preserve us with his eternal and perfect steadfast love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know that there's so much evil in this world. You know that there is so much trouble on those who do not fear you. Lord, we know that they are infected with sin and we're infected with that same sin. Lord, help us to constantly humble ourselves and repent so that we do not become like that, so that we do not bury our own, our own iniquities that we can't even see them. Lord, help us constantly to repent of where we have fallen short. And Lord, always let us cling to the beautiful promises that you give us of hope and abundance and fulfillment and goodness and life. And Lord, when we face troubles, keep our eyes on that. We pray this all in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, thank you very much. I hope this was a blessing to you. And looking forward to seeing you in person or maybe the next time that we're together on something like this. But anyways, brothers and sisters, God's peace to all of you. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, follow Christ Bray on all social media outlets and visit ChristBray.org. We'll see you next time.